This episode is brought to you by KG Productions for Krishna Nose. Shripada Shrivallava blesses the washerman. In this chapter, Shripada Shrivallava gives a boon to his devotee Rajak that he would be born in a Nawab family and would be a ruler in his next birth and would also have his darshan but in his new avatar that is when he would reappear as Sri Narsimha Saraswati. Siddhayogi narrated another incident which took place during Sri Pada's stay at Kuravpur. Every day morning, midday and evening, Sri Pada used to come for his bath to the Sangam, confluence of Krishna and Venya rivers. Rajak also used to come there daily with loads of clothes for washing. Thus, he used to have Sri Pada's darshan three times daily. He used to wash Sri Pada's clothes daily, dry them and thus used to serve him. Deep devotion grew in him for Sri Pada. One day, it so happened that a Muslim Sultan was camping on the banks of the river near the confluence. As usual, when the washerman went to the river with his bundles of clothes for washing, he saw the Muslim king and his wives bathing in the river. The women were wearing rich ornaments and precious jewellery. There were many guards keeping watch around the camp. The Rajak's eyes were dazzled seeing the glory and pomp of the king. He thought how lowly and miserable his own life was and felt that a life that of a Nawab alone was worth living. He started thinking how happy he would be if he also were to be born in a royal family and be a king. His mind was brooding thus. Later in the day, when the Rajak met Sri Pada, the latter asked him what was plaguing him. Sri Pada knew what was going on in the Rajak's mind and he had love for him because of his devotion and the services he was doing to him. Sri Pada told him that he was blessing him to be born in a royal family in his next life and to have all his heart's desires fulfilled. He further said, if you so desire, I will make you a king even in this life. Why, why even now itself? The Rajak was overwhelmed with the joy for the Gurunath's solicitude for him. He said, Lord, I am not too old for any pleasures of the world. Whatever blessings you want to confer on me, please defer them for my next birth. But please do not ever forsake me. How can I live without your darshan? See, it's, it's very beautiful. The Guru is so compassionate. He knows what is going on in your innermost being. What are your heart's desires? Many a time we think, you know, the master is a heartless being. He doesn't understand the pain we are facing or we are suffering. But he's all knowing. He's the Lord Almighty. Sometimes things in life is not palatable to the way we want our life to be. We don't want to do certain things. We have likes and dislikes. But please remember, the Guru, the great Master, the Lord Almighty is very compassionate. He fulfills everybody's heart's innermost desire, that which they want to live in their life, whether it is with wealth, job, children, family, you name it, He grants everything. And those who come with the spiritual you know, spiritual desire to attain the highest spiritual gain, that also they get. But for that, you have to put in your efforts. It's not going to come easy. Please remember that. So here, the great Kshipad is very compassionate. He knows what is there in the Rajak's heart. He knows what his mind's desire is. So even before the Rajak could tell him, he already blessed him with that. He wanted to be the royal. Sometimes we think, what, what when we have this money? What happens? I don't have to suffer this miserable life. You know, we always feel our life is so miserable. And this is with everybody. 
whether it's me, you or anyone in our life, we always want something which we didn't get. We aspire that our life has to be in a certain way. In, in fact, it, exactly, there has been times when I'm sure most of us or every one of us have felt, I wish I had this at this age. I would have enjoyed my, you know, that the precious moment of my lifetime. But I didn't get any of those at that moment in time. Today, what is the point in having this? It's exactly how it's feeling. You know, I've lost my youth. I'm, I'm already old. What is the use of me getting something when I'm already old? I can't even enjoy anything right now. So the Rajak is saying, don't bless me anything in this, in this life of mine because my life is already over. But if you wish to bless me, please bless me that in next life, I be born, you know, as a king or in a royal family. And most important, you know what the Rajak asked the a guru, he says, please don't ever forsake me. And you know what he says exactly? His words are, he says, please, but please do not ever forsake me. How can I live without your darshan? At least he's very devoted to Sri Parva. It's very important. See, Guru Seva is the highest form of worship. And when you do the service, you will get the benefits. But you're not going because you're going to reap any benefits. You know, what is the benefits? The most biggest benefit that you will get when you do a Guru Seva is to overcome and redeem all your karmas, your sins. You're wiping them away. And it's only through the service unto the lotus feet of the Guru can you overcome all your karmas, past sins, your tendencies, your nature. It's a purification process. It's not overnight. It's not a day. It's not a month it's not a week it happens over lifetimes many lifetimes and if you have this opportunity in this life the opportunity to serve the master please do so with absolute sincerity it is extremely important many a time you are not going to like what the guruji is going to tell you sometimes we think it's he's against us you know he it's all it's, it's our mind's play so we are not going to like it it's not going to be palatable to you at that time you're going to resist you're going to fight Lot of things happen, but please understand, the gurus don't have any ulterior motives. They are not there for you know getting some benefit for themselves. They are not here to you know you know make you feel miserable. You think they are they are heartless beings, or you think they are jobless that they you know only want to go and spite you or only want to irritate you? No, they care about you. They care about your spiritual welfare. So they are. You know, constantly telling you how you have to become, what you have to be. So it's very important to overcome the mind. See, the when you, it's in material world, it's very easy to live the way you want to. But when you are walking that path of spirituality, it is not easy. Every single day is a beautiful day by itself. Some days are very sweet. Some days sour. Some days bitter. Some days. Um, you know, pungent, you can take all sorts of tastes. It's like the flavors of, you know, flavors of spices. So it's, life itself is the flavors of spice. It's how you want to look at it. Spirituality is like that. You have to live one day at a time. You know, no, no two days are alike. So every day is a unique experience by itself. It has a lot of things that you can learn in that day. But you know, what is the biggest challenge in, on the path of spirituality or the ops? obstacle that you will come about is your own mind, your ego, your arrogance, your attachment to the body and many other things which is what you have to fight, you have to overcome. The knowledge that has been imparted to you, you will have to apply it in your life so that you can overcome and move, go ahead in your life. Progress on the path. See, it's very easy to you know, stop or you can just say, okay, this is it, enough. I'm not going to take it anymore now or you can even fall down. The chances are it's just a very fine line. It's a thin line between rising above and falling down. So why do you want to fall down? You have come all the way along. So don't ever, you know, give in to your ego. Your mind is going to become very strong. But you know why it has to become strong? That is how you will understand how to overcome the mind. You will see the strength of the divine within you. See, when we did the Devi Mahatmyam scripture, we did the Parayan, in that, we understood how the demons are much more powerful than the gods. But the Devi has all the weapons of the gods and she can kill any demon because she has all the weapons. So what does it mean again? See, the whole battle is that within yourself, you have this powerful Devi with all the ashth, uh, weapons in her hands, the uh, ashth, uh, uh, the Shastras, with the, which the gods have, she has gotten from the gods, all the gods, you know. And 
there are the demons against her now she is the most powerful one it's the same thing this devi rests within you you have to use all that weapons and fight the demons and overcome them and please also remember the demons have immortality they will rise their ugly heads when you least expect so it is always important to stay guard to always have your weapons ready so that you can fight and overcome them it's important so what is what does that mean that all your demonic this the demonic disposition or the demonic propensities rest within you so how do you overcome with the weapon of the knowledge which you have been taught for so many years with your guru he's given you all that weapon that knowledge the knowledge has to be applied and you have to overcome them unravel that hidden potential that who the real goddess is you and there is nobody outside of you use this power of the sword of knowledge we say to cut asunder the ignorance that is what you have to do so many a time we are not going to like our life we we, we might say oh why i hate my life i had a miserable childhood i had a miserable teenage i suffered i didn't have money i don't know what my life is all about but please accept the life that you have and evolve what has to come to you will anyways come to you nobody can take it away from you so why are you going after something that is not that is transient yeah we feel enough is enough i want that money i want my life to be nice we think you know this life is the pink color glasses it's a fairy tale but our assumption is wrong there is no fairy tale it's what you make your life into in, in fact this morning my krishna guruji gave a very profound lesson he said the state of mind the choice of how you look at life rests with you alone and it is not with anybody you cannot you know blame the world for you being a miserable person example i know someone in my life who has had a very tough life all through his life and the man has lived his entire life feeling miserable and also his own wife has felt extremely miserable so both of them have lived their entire life in a miserable condition but what could have happened had they changed the perspective or the way they thought they could look at life they, they it is the choice still rests within your hand see i understand i know they can be very happy there's nothing wrong with their life it's what they have made it be why because the certain expectations or there are desires that which they had was unfulfilled the unfulfilled desires ensues anger why because they didn't get the money they didn't have the food they had to sacrifice There's so many different stories but who has told you all that see accept whatever is part of your karma there is no way you can fight your karma out the only way to you know evolving in a in a peaceful manner is to accept your karma and move on and not blame anybody else for your miserable state so the state of mind how do you think how do you see the world it's very hard let me tell you it's not easy but i also believe it is possible but you have to make extraordinary effort that is why we say it's a self effort like lord shri krishna says you are your own best friend and you are your own worst enemy why because either to rise above or fall down rests in your hands alone and when you let your mind rule over you it's always going to show you the downside of life it's never going to show you the upside of life to see god in everything to see that everything is happening for your good alone even though you understand this but your mind is not going to give you that sense of acceptance it's not letting you see that good in that more in everything that is happening at that moment in time so your mind is going to instigate you against the divine lord against god against this whole world and say see everybody's been very bad to you even your god doesn't care about you even your guru is not caring about you he is giving everybody else except you this is what your mind will tell i'm sure oh see he's favoring her he's going and living with her i don't have him with me it's very convenient you know your mind can show you all sorts of things and blame there's going to be a blame game oh he will give to his favorable people that's how we look at it god is only kind to few people in this world we are judging we are judging our guru we are judging our god we are doing everything though knowing fully well that what we are saying is wrong yet uh, we let our mind speak and that time is only one thing that you can do you know what just hari bol take the name of the lord it's it's tough i'm telling you i have gone through this i've been there i go through it it's very tough because these are the challenges the obstacles which is put on the path of spiritual because your mind doesn't want you to rise it doesn't want you to 
you know, win itself in becoming divine. It doesn't want. So it always creates a lot of obstacles. And at that time, the only remedy is chant the name of your guru. Chant the name of your ishta. Or if you have a real master in your life, if he has given you the Khan mantra, just ceaselessly chant that name. Chant that mantra. That is all the magic remedy. There is nothing else. And have the faith. Everything will be fine. Just let it be. You know, this is one thing you need to understand. At that moment in time, don't react, don't speak. Silence is the only, only remedy and just let it be. You don't have to react because the more you react, the stronger you are making your mind. So don't speak. It's okay. Let it be. This is a very tough thing to do, let me tell you. It's not easy. So the path of spirituality is not easy. But when you have the grace of the Guru, believe me, it works magically. But the Guru is going to test you. He's going to see how much you withstand or not. Those tests are going to come to see where you stand. Sometimes, yeah, you, you might fail. It's not necessary you are going to be able to pass all the time. But it's okay. So get up, again rise and go ahead. Go ahead, get that lesson. It is, it's perfectly fine to fall, but it's very important to rise and run every single time that you fall. There is nobody in this world who had it like one, who, who was able to reach, you know, whatever the destination without having those failures. So failures is a part of life. So it, it doesn't matter with, see, it doesn't matter that you have to always be successful. Again, the problem in our life is that we only aspire to be successful. Nobody wants to fail. You know, we don't plan for failing. Nobody's planning for failing. But what does spirituality teaches about? It is teaching about there's, no, there's nothing like you're going to be attached to the fruits of action or the end result. Success and failure does not depend in your hand. It's not for you to decide what the result has to be. Like my Guruji says, you know, Krishna Guruji says, planning is all in your hands. What is the outcome of it is never lies with you. So why do you bother? But you have to be give the best performance. You can't say I have, you know, I didn't give my 100% performance over there. No, you have to. Put in your best effort. What is going to be the outcome is not known to you. And when it is going to happen, that is also not known to you. So what is most important? Shraddha and Saburi, like Sai Baba says. Faith and patience, which sometimes shakes us up. Why? Because we, we lack patience. And patience is extremely important on the path of spirituality. Staying calm and composed even in the worst possible times. Like Lord Sri Krishna. You know what? He was the paragon of masculine beauty. He was in the perfect calmness even when his own kitten kin were dying. He was perfectly in the blissful state. Can you attain that state? Though he was seeing everybody fighting, killing each other and dying. The gory scene. Can you ever believe? Can you do this? Oh, we will be so upset, dejected. Uh, we, you know, we lose our balance. We don't know what, what is happening. But Lord Sri Krishna watched everybody dying. His entire clan, the Yadu clan, was dying there. And he just watched them in the perfect calmness. How can one attain that? Because he knows that everything is part of this world of Maya. What is born has to be done. What has to end. So, when you are born, you are going to die too. But how, we don't know. So, he understands this thing. And he is perfectly in a blissful state. He knows that I am not this body. And everything that is happening in the created world, in the material world, is unreal. That is Maya itself. Can you have that perfect, you know, blissful state, that understanding that this is, everything is Maya? So Lord Shri Krishna was able to be like that. Can you be the divine? Why do we give examples of Lord Shri Krishna? Because he's the highest. He's the epitome of everything that is, you know, good. Everything that is there in the universe. He's both the, the good aspect and the bad. Everything comes from him alone. We, we can't accept God to be bad, right? God is not bad. It's the way how we look at it. There is no right and wrong. Everything is falsehood in the material world. The truth is, God alone is the truth. So this is what we need to understand. But when you, when you are on this planet Earth, when you have a body, we have to live a righteous life. That is why we say you have to be your good self. See God in everything. See God in everyone. 
have equanimity of mind. That's a very big, very tough lesson. It is very easy to say. You know, I can preach, but when it really comes, you know, the knowledge to be applied when at the hour of the test, that is when the real test stands whether you have been able to imbibe that knowledge or not. If you react, if you sway, then you have not applied it. I mean, then you have not imbibed that knowledge, which means you still have a long way to go. So my Krishna Guruji will say, oh, you get disturbed. So please tell me where you stand. You yourself have to give yourself the scores of where you actually stand. And then it, it feels horrible. You feel, oh my God, I have not been able to learn this lesson. What am I supposed to do? Practice again. Do sadhana, which means you still have a long way to go. But that doesn't mean you can. You have to give up. Giving up is not the answer. It means, what simply it means is that you still have a long way to go. And you have to continue to put your efforts. So don't stop. Continue to learn. And you will make it someday. God willing, put it all, have all the faith in him. Don't worry about what is going to be the outcome. How it is going to happen. Why bother? Like my, again, my Krishna Guruji will say, your job is to do alone. When it happens, how it happens, we don't know. Again, Sai Baba says that. You know, have that Shraddha and Saburi, most important. Deep spiritual sadhana is a must. You can't just have a superfluous way of saying, okay, I did this today, 10 days later, I'm not doing, then, you know, then you will give a pop, a break, and then you'll again come back. It doesn't work like that. You have to become extremely disciplined. It's very tough. Today, my Krishna Guruji will keep saying this to me. See, physically today I am present, I will tell you. But tomorrow when I am gone, then what happens? There is nobody who is going to come and give you this knowledge, come and tell you. Not even your own parents, because they themselves don't know. Except for the Guru, the great master. Who else can teach you this knowledge? Who else can give you this knowledge? Only he is qualified. Only he knows what is right, what is wrong, what is good for you, where are you faltering. And you know, you know what he does? He knows your weak, your weaknesses or that which is going to, you know, make you not progress. So that is what he's going to, the sweet spot or the weak spot we say. That is where he's going to, you know, provoke you. To see how much you are going able to withstand. Or are you still the same weak person? Is that, that object or that incident or whatever that is there, your weakness is still going to affect you or not. And if you have been able to overcome, then he knows, okay, now you, you have been able to overcome, so next move on to the next lesson. And please remember, in spirituality, it's a very interesting way how things happen. If you think you have been able to achieve or overcome some of your nature, tendencies or something that which was bothering you a lot, many years later, the same test will come back when you least expect it to see whether that is still impacting you or not. And at that time, you'll be surprised. Sometimes, you will end up reacting. Why? Because that, you know, that object has somewhere still, it's somewhere there within your subconscious mind or state where it is still affecting you. You're still carrying it with you. Till it does not completely go away. Wash, you have to wash out completely from your memory and your entire being until that period, that test is going to come. Many a time. So be ready. So these are some of the ways how these tests happen in your life. So have faith in the Guru. Don't ever give up the faith. And that is why here Rajat is seeking Gurudev's blessings, saying that if you desire, if sorry, he says that, but please do not ever forsake me. So always tell your Guruji, don't ever forsake me. Let his grace always be on my head. Please remember, that's the only thing which is priceless in your life. That's the ultimate ultimate possession. I, I, I don't know what's the right adequate word that I can even use to describe it. It's not the possession. That's the only priceless, um, you know, priceless object or priceless thing that which you can own in your life, which is the Guru's grace. Never let that grace go away from you. How can I live without your darshan? And always seek for that grace to, you know, have his darshan wherever possible. Whenever possible. Sri Pada then said, Let it be so. In your next birth, you will be born in the Nawab's family at Vaidurya Pura Bidar. You will enjoy all royal luxuries and pleasure to your heart's content. You will have my darshan too. 
but not in my present form, but in the form of my new incarnation, death as Sri Narsimha Saraswati. But remember that it is not earthly pleasures and indulgence of the senses one should covet in life, but one should ever aspire for the grace of God alone, which is far above all the earthly enjoyments and achievements. Exactly what I was telling you. See, no matter how much wealth you have, how much money you have, nothing is equivalent to having the grace of the God. Nothing is equivalent to evolving on the path of spirituality because not only, you know, the riches that you can earn in your life is the spiritual being. That is the ultimate goal that you should have in your life. Again, that's what even Sripad, you know, Sripad Sri Vallabh is telling the Rajat. Even when you have all that, please don't get carried away and get lost in that. It is not for, what does he say? But remember, remember that it is not earthly pleasures and indulgence of senses one should covet in life. You should not covet for that in life because that is what will lead you to further miserable condition and getting into karmic loop, you know, in karma and bondage with everybody. Never get into that. It's not worth it. But one should ever aspire for the grace of God alone, which is far above all the earthly enjoyments and achievements. No matter what you achieve in this world, it is it is not equivalent to having the grace of God. So always seek and aspire for the grace of God. That is exactly even what Sri Sri Pada Sri Vallabha is telling the Rajat. He is giving him that knowledge. Anyway, because of your devotion to me, I will grant you liberation to in your next life. Can you believe this? See the Guruji, the great masters are very, very compassionate. How they work, you don't know. There is, there is a divine purpose. Everything is a leela. Everything is a play. So, so live it. Don't, don't, you know, don't resist. There's no point in resisting anything. Sometimes we don't like, you know, these likes and dislikes come very strong in the mind. Why? Because we have not learned the lesson of equanimity. We always have the pairs of opposite. We feel hot, cold, good, bad. Everything is based on our own likes and dislikes. Why? Because we are letting our mind act on us. So don't let your mind act on you. So anyway, because of your devotion to me, I will grant you liberation too in your next life. What does it mean? The Guruji, the Gurus know, they understand your, what you are to me. They understand your devotion. They know how worthy or not worthy or what you deserve or not deserve. And they will grant you. See, whatever service you do unto the lotus feet of your Guru, the benefits will come to you. But at the will of the Divine. It's not how you look at it. And you can't even know what the benefits are. Please remember. And you're not going to serve because you're going to get some benefits. It has to be your devotion. Because of your devotion, Sri Shri Vallabha is saying to Rajan, what is it because of? His devotion. He didn't ask Sri Pada that I want something. Yeah, the gurus know what is there in your heart. They are all knowing. You don't even have to open your mouth and say. Things will happen. Just have that absolute faith. And you know, Shraddha. Shraddha and Saburi. Faith and patience. Have that. Things will happen. It will work out. Don't worry. So, Sri Pada Sri Vallabha decided a little later that he should now end his sojourn on the earth in the present avatar of his. He had lighted up the lamp of wisdom. He had helped many yearning souls on the spiritual path. He had relieved the sufferings of many. He had divided that sampradaya. Sampradaya means that's their lineage of attaining liberation through devotion and service of to the Guru and through the practice of renunciation and observance of the moral codes of life. So what did I say? Every incarnation comes to only establish dharma, put the spiritual aspirants, the devotees and disciples on the path of spirituality or they will show the path of to their spiritual being and do good in this world and give everybody that which they truly deserve. And this is not to everyone. And ensure that they protect the pious, the meek and those who are being tortured or put to suffer by some of the demonic people in this world. So that is what the great gurus do. 
they have nothing else to achieve in this world. And in this it is very beautifully explained. What did he say here? He had helped many yearning souls on the spiritual path. Those who crave and wanting to be on the spiritual path, the Guru puts them on the spiritual path. Then he had, the re he had relieved the sufferings of many. And what does he do? He relieves the suffering of many people. They are not interested in the spiritual growth, but they just want something which is materially connected. So he relieves them from that suffering. It could be death, disease, you name it. Uh, from your wife, husband, you must be suffering, torture, whatever that is. So he fixes all those because he absorbs that karma. He, he reduces the impact of those karma that is associated with them. Then he had revived that sampradaya of attaining liberation through devotion and service to the Guru. What did he say? He had revived. Why is the word revived used here? That is because we are not carrying forward. Somewhere it is getting missed. The, in, especially in the Kali Yuga, what happens is that, forget at least every Yuga, the incarnations come only when the Adharma is on the rise. Okay, So when that lineage has to be carried forward and ensure that the practice has to continue, then they come to revive that. Every incarnation comes only for this purpose. They have no other purpose to manifest on this planet Earth. This is something you need to understand. And here Sri Pada Sri Vallabha says, he, he had revived the Sampradaya of attaining liberation. Why is attaining liberation so important? That's because we have forgotten our spiritual view. We get lost in the material worldly existence. We think uh, we have given this body, we have to enjoy, get married, have children, uh, get into lust, greed and whatnot and be lost in our sensual pleasures. And we forget the existence of God itself in our life. So we have completely gone on the path of unrighteousness. So to revive that. So he had revived that lineage of attaining liberation through devotion and service to Guru. And through the practice of renunciation, service to the Guru. Service to the Guru is the highest form of worship that you can ever do in your life. That is the highest form of service. When you service the Guru, when you, when you do selfless seva unto the lotus feet of your Guru, Lord Shri Krishna himself is pleased. Every god in this entire pantheon, entire universe is pleased. Everybody is pleased when you offer your service unto the Guru. We don't understand the significance of what it means to you know, offer our service to the Guru. Selfless seva. It's not done with an intention, I am going to get something. But an opportunity to serve your Guru is extremely important. You know, and one of the things that is missing in today, especially in the Kali Yuga, is we treat the Guru in a very ordinary manner. We don't respect him. We disrespect him. Many a time, we look at his, you know, the physical form, the human appearance and think, oh, he, and we think that we can talk to him like a human being. Unfortunately, that happens. Why? Because your mind looks at the physical form. And that is why my Krishna Guruji will say, look beyond the physical form. Don't look at what you see with, with your sense senses. Your eyes are seeing, but your eyes should stop seeing the physical form. You have to see the divine form. And then only you will understand what it means to really respect the great masters. See, when you go to the temple, don't you automatically you know, bow down and you know, do namaskar? You offer your obeisance? Yeah, you do that. But when you look at the Guru, the, you know, not for those disciples and devoted devotees, I'm talking about a normal being. When they come and meet the Guru, they look at his appearance first. For them, they need the glamour. They need to see that they are wearing some kind of a unique costumes. They are dressed uniquely. And only then they will accept that they are some godsmen. Whatever you want to call <laughs> So, this is a preconceived notion that they have. That is a false belief or false understanding of human beings. Unfortunately, we can't change the way the world thinks. But only... Only the grace of the real master can you be able to get that understanding. A little glimpse will come. Nothing more than that. Just like that. Something will hit you. Oh my God, he's a great being. That is good enough. And then you will not look at him as an ordinary human being or fall for his, that up, the false appearance that he portrays in this world. False in the sense because it's his maya. That's not his real self. That is not his true self. He looks at, he, he appears to be extremely an ordinary human being. 
and that is what hits people that's what maya that is the maya he creates and that is the delusion that you will get into so for that which you need to have the grace so then only can you have the guru bhakti you will be able to do the seva and for those who look at him as ordinary oh who is this man i don't even want to touch his feet they will call him a human being an ordinary human being this is what happens then what happens you can't get that grace so where is the question of even doing selfless service doesn't exist so so what is he saying she this is very important so that you understand what is your real purpose he had revived that sampradaya or the lineage of attaining liberation through devotion and the service to the guru please embed this in your heart liberation through devotion how are you going to attain liberation not by doing some yoga meditation all that only bhakti mark liberation is attained through devotion and service unto the lotus feet of your guru so please make a you know mark this line in your you know in your book or wherever embed this in your heart so never ever forget that and through the practice of renunciation and observances of the moral codes of life and what is it important observances of moral codes of life so again um, if you go and uh, on krishna knows if you go listen to my krishna guruji's satsangs on bhagavad gita uddhav gita samarth ramdas's das bol a detailed discussion about what are the moral codes of life has been very well explained you must go listen and then you will understand the truth behind what is being mentioned here it is very important that we follow all the moral codes of life because today you go out and meet one person who is like this it's rare one in a million one in a billion that is the rarity today because everybody is lost in the material world you know material worldly ways in kali yuga there are no moral codes there are no values there is no ethics the truthfulness is gone out of the window goodness has completely gone out and love love to doesn't exist at all we always are in a miserable condition so please remember to follow the moral codes of life and only when you do that will you evolve on the path of spirituality there are no there are no two there are no two ways about it there is no other way again it is only through bhakti marg and you have to have dispassion detachment and discrimination once again i will repeat dispassion don't be passionate about anything in life be dispassionate detachment be detached from everything why are you attached be it your job husband wife marriage children nothing should be you should not have any attachments you just have to live like a lotus leaf which is untouched by the water and yet be the most beautiful one which is shining aloof and while performing all your duties your swadharma to the highest of your ability and most important discrimination what does it mean discrimination means to see god in everybody and that is one thing it's very difficult to achieve by because like at the moment we look at a person we want to murder them or throttle throttle them that's how we feel many a time you like someone you don't like someone and those likes and dislikes are based on to your yardstick it is not to the universal yardstick so most importantly learn to see god in everybody which i myself will tell you it's the most difficult thing to do but you have to practice you have to put your efforts you have to make it a conscious conscious habit that you will have to see god in everyone even in your worst enemy you should be able to see that but it doesn't work because why our mind comes so strongly so most important curb your mind control your mind and that can only happen over a period of time how can you control your mind back again only through devotional service only through devotion and service unto the lotus feet of your guru and lord shri krishna there are no other ways bhakti is the only way to control your mind and chanting your guru's name whatever the name you want to take keep chanting even when the worst times when your mind is very angry even at that moment in time just take the name of the lord magic will happen mark my words so on the ashvi you you just suddha dwadashi 12th day of the bright fortnight in the month of ashvi yuja shri pada shri vallabha walked into the waters of the confluence of the rivers and disappeared just as lord shri ram had ended his avatar in the treta yuga by merging himself in the waters of the sarayu river of ayodhya 
Thus ended another most one of the most glorious avatars of Lord Dattatreya. Although Shripad Shrivallab had withdrawn his avatar, yet it is known that he didn't appear countless number of times and still continues to do so in his very physical form. To all those who have set their hearts on that holy form and offer their devotion to that form in all sincerity and earnestness. What is being said here? Again, this is a very important lesson that you need to understand. One is like when they take the Jal Samadhi, the Lord's discipline. They are not, they are not the physical body. The body is just a manifestation. They are the eternal being, which is the, who are unmanifest. And Guru itself, like I said, is a tattu. It's a principle, so which manifests. Now, even though Sri Parshi Vallam had withdrawn his avatar, yet it is known that he appeared, he, that he appeared, appears countless number of times and still continues to do so. And who makes it appear? Like yesterday I said, it is not the stone which has the Lord Shiva. It is your faith in that stone will make it become Shivlinga. The Jyotirlinga will come and be you know, presenting itself to you. When you have such a devotion, how much you yearn yourself for the Lord, how much you have fixed yourself in that particular form. See, that is why my Krishna Guruji will teach us, if you want to meditate on a form, you have to pick one form. An example is, the Bal Gopal is not the same as the, the youth, the Kana or Kanaya. And then it's not the same Krishna who went to Mathura or it's, that Krishna is a different from one who got married and is in Dwarka, who is in having a big kingdom. So every, and it's not the same Lord Shri Krishna who imparted the Bhagavad Gita to Arjuna at the Kurukshetra. So uh, these are all different aspects. So which aspect of the Krishna do you want to worship? The form, it's extremely important. And when you worship that form, that is what becomes your Ishta. And even if you say Lord Shri Krishna, he varies, right? There are different, different forms. And that is why we say um, the Ashtabhav. So you can experience him as a son, like a child, the Baal Gopal, how Yashoda Maya experienced him. So who do you want to experience in Lord Shri Krishna? That is the form you have to embed. So when you, you know, when the devotees of Shri Padshi Vallam established the Guru in that form, in their innermost being, that is the form which kept manifesting because that is what you crave. That is what was your faith in. So when you have put your faith in that form, that form will manifest for you. So again, like I said, it is your Shraddha, that absolute faith and complete surrender. And your devotion is so high that you will be able to manifest him. When you seek him with that sincerity, with that yearning for him, he will appear for you. That is what is mentioned here. So he does countless number of times and still continues to do in his very physical form. So that form will only come only to your eyes. But again, it's not going to be visible to everybody else in the naked eyes. You can't see him. But in his divine, when you have the, his grace, you through the divine vision, you will be able to see that subtle form of his. In that particular avatar alone, he will be able to give you the darshan. So it is you who will make him come. It's not the other way around. So how much is your faith? When you seek with that faith and love and devotion, the Divine Lord will manifest for you. Mark my words, this is the conviction you need to have. So it's only your, your Shraddha and Saburi. Not only that Saburi, but most important, your faith in that and surrendered unto the lotus feet of the Guru, the God, He will grant you the grace to recognize Him when He comes. So ask for that grace. God's grace is extremely important. Seek the grace to be able to recognize Him when He appears. And the reason why we say you have to be able to worship, you know, God in everybody is because sometimes the real masters can use a body to, you know, give you the darshan, which is just a momentary. See, here we are talking about Sri Pada coming in the same very form, okay? But there are times when the Divine Lord Almighty can use any body. That is why it is very important learning for us to have that you should be able to see God in everybody. 
which means if the god can come in the form of a dog but can you have do you have the grace to see the god in that dog at that moment in time i can give you a very beautiful experience which happened to me um when when i went with my krishna guruji to jaipur um the gobind ji mandir where meera bhai had worshiped lord shri krishna this is a unique experience so we went there i have actually narrated the story but i will say it once more so when we went there you know there was a huge crowd this gobind ji mandir opens only for a very short uh, duration of time so when we arrived at 5 o'clock in the evening because the, man- the mandir was supposed to be open the temple was supposed to be open only at 5 between 5:30 to 6:30 i think just for one hour so when we arrived there we went inside there was a huge crowd everybody were waiting for the puja to happen the prayers to be offered to the lord and then we, we, uh, my guruji and myself were standing right in the behind so there was a huge crowd so we didn't want to push anyone and go in the front so after everybody took the uh, aarti aarti was done and then they all took the aarti the prayers were done and once everybody started dispersing so we went forward we admired the lord there was nobody was really in peace we saw the lord to our hearts content and then we did the you know the circumambulation of the temple and then we came out when we came out my guruji said let's buy prashad prashad whatever the temple every temple will give you the prashad so you have to either buy or sometimes they just offer it to you so we bought the prashad which was laddus and then suddenly from nowhere one huge dog okay i'm terribly afraid of dogs and this is my encounter i'm super scared of dogs pretty much animals okay so suddenly one huge dog came running towards me i don't know what i was not afraid at all i could just see the love oozing of lord shri krishna i'm like lord has come he's asking me you know then my guruji said give him laddu and i took a laddu and i just gave it to him he ate from my hand and vanished like that in no time he was literally jumping he was he was a very tall dog it is so cute to see him it's so beautiful he just he, he appeared from nowhere okay and he wanted that laddu so it's an amazing experience it's a momentary so god can come in any form it could be transient it could be you know in um uh insentient beings it could be in any form human form in the form of a creature animals he can take any form but do you have the grace to see him at that moment in time when he comes because it is only a momentary vision it's not going to be there for more than that it's just a few maximum it was just a minute when the dog came and he literally stood and there was a love oozing i was not afraid see normally i will be very afraid of a dog but moment this dog came near me i'm like i was telling my guruji oh my god he's so tall he literally is like trying to climb jump near my guruji and then he came towards me and then my guruji says give him the laddu how sweet was it you know that is grace that is how you should be able to recognize the divine being with that faith so always ask for that grace and that is why it is important to see god in everybody even when you don't like someone because god could have come in that form and you just hated god in that form you don't know that there is god why because you were hating that person and then what happens you actually hated god but would you hate god no right nobody will hate god but what happened just because we were not able to see god in that person have we not rejected god then that is a big challenge in our life please understand that is why we say you need to be able to discriminate discriminate means to see god in everyone and to understand this entire universe that which that is created is unreal it is a maya alone lord's delusion lord's maya which is full of illusions and delusions so don't get carried away don't get lost with what is happening what is happening is happening to the body but this understanding that i am not the body is a very difficult one unfortunately because we are so attached to our body mind senses uh, you know ego and we believe something somebody is doing something bad to us somebody is doing something wrong to us somebody is treating us badly i have to do a menial task and yesterday i was talking about no task is big and no task is small you know sometimes said in a corporate world i was just giving my experience and few other people's experience right you may do something to treat it like a door mat and this is a word i use you know people think just because they are in a position they can treat another human being as a as their beck and call person or a door mat and at that time 
you feel humiliated, insulted, and you think people don't value for who you are. You're not being given that respect. But the reason why we need to accept, you know, graciously and go through is because that is how we will be able to overcome our ego. But we don't understand when that when that event happens, your ego gets stronger. Your ego gets very powerful. That's or it is a deflated ego, which is a hurt ego. And that's, that gets even more powerful because you don't like anybody treating you like that. So you end up feeling very small, insignificant. And you think you are just like a nobody in this world. Like people don't respect you. But what is missing that you are not understanding is you are the divine being. Who is anyone to respect you or not respect you? Does that change who you truly are? Nothing changes. Whatever they are trying to treat is this body. Why are you forgetting the lesson? I am not this body. I am that divine Lord Almighty. I am that Parabrahman. This is what we forget. I am the spirit. I am not the body. And this lesson is not understood by us. It is not easy because that, that, that firmness, that conviction is not within us. We think something is happening. Somebody is doing bad to us. Somebody is saying bad to us. We have been, we have been told to do menial tasks. Again, yesterday I said, my Krishna Guruji or every Guru will do even the most dirtiest of the task or most the menial of the task. You know why? So that they, they destroy their ego. They are very humble. Nobody can be like them. They will graciously do all sorts of, you know, jobs. However mundane it is, however menial it is, they will, they will do everything. You know why? We are setting an example. So that tomorrow, you and I can do that. We should follow this. There is no ego. No job is big. No job is small. When you know very well, you are, any job that you are doing, you are doing service unto the lotus feet of your Lord. So how can any job become big and small? Even it means, you know, cleaning the toilets. You know, the, especially in the ashrams, one of the most important tasks when you are going and learning in the ashram is to go and clean toilets. You know, we have this great attitude. Oh, I can't clean somebody's, sorry for my language, somebody's shit. Why should I go clean someone's shit? No, it's important to humble your, you know, get your ego to crumble and crush. You don't have to have ego. No, which is also teaching you that no job is small and no job is weak. No job is dirty. Everything is a job of the divine alone. Even it means going and cleaning the toilet. And this is a practice that needs to be done. And another most important, people will be sent as a task to go and beg. We don't like to ask, no? We don't go and ask for arms. And one of the most important things to do when you're on the path of spirituality is to go and beg from people. And that's a very tough task, you know? People don't like to go and beg. So, can you ask for arms and eat? And that is one of the lessons which Samarth Ramda so beautifully lived. Many of the gurus in the past, even in the present. Uh, I'm talking about the real masters. I'll always have to say this disclaimer. I'm not talking about the any material worldly fake gurus who have conglomerates. We are not talking about them. I'm talking about the divine Lord Almighty who have manifested, the great masters. Even today they live there. And you know what they do? They live on what is being offered by their disciples. They don't have anything. They don't covet anything. They don't own anything. There is nothing under their name. There is no bank account. There is no possession. Nothing, nothing, nothing. Can you live a life like that? That is most important. They are actually setting an example for us to follow that path. What is the most important path is to be humble. Humbling your ego. A great master, a great leader, God Almighty does everything. He doesn't think of anything a small job or a big job. And you know what? I'll give a very beautiful story uh, before I, we end. We have six more minutes of Lord Sri Krishna. Here we are talking about the washerman being blessed, right? Similarly, in uh, Sri Krishna's time, when Lord Sri Krishna and Balram were visiting uh, Kamsa, that's Mathura, to meet him when Kamsa called for him, you know, they were coming by. There was a very beautiful lady called Kubja. And you know, she was bent. She was ugly looking. And she was washing the clothes of uh, the king over there. And when she was coming, she meets Lord Shri Krishna and Balram. At that time, Lord Shri Krishna asks her, can you give me those clothes? And she's like, first, I can't give you, but the moment she sees Krishna, it's a magic. She falls in love. He's, she's so much attracted to him. It's, you know, how beautiful. He's like a magnet, you know, who attracts literally everything. Like how Radha Rani explains, he's this bumblebee who goes on every flower. Every flower is just attracted to this bumblebee, you know. Likewise, 
the moment any gopi any one comes in the presence of lord shri krishna that's it they're gone after that they don't know what hit him so she fell in love the moment she meets lord shri krishna he's so he's he's so beautiful like i said masculine beauty you know every everybody's desire is to want to marry him i just want to make love to you i want to just literally jump on you that's that's the that's the craze you come into you don't see anything over there except that love for him it's not about the lord see people can think oh how dirty you can think it's not in that sense it is that love which makes them feel just because you don't know what happens to you you don't know how you're just tearing apart <coughs> <coughs> sorry so you are you're so excited you don't know what hit you actually it's like a cupid the cupid literally struck you know an arrow struck in your heart and you, and then once she literally loses herself in lord shri krishna she says yes i will give it to you but please promise to return the clothes to me and you know what lord shri krishna does to her he just holds her his her, her chin up and the moment he just lifts her up like that and straightens her she becomes into a beautiful woman literally she turns and he turns her so beautifully in that beautiful woman of you know uh, he straightens her up she she loses all the ugliness and she turns gorgeous she becomes godly she becomes like a goddess and that's what he does to kubja what does it mean it's not the way you think it's a crass physical pleasures of this material world the love for the divine is beyond you know a human minds can and understand it i just said how the gopis will feel how kubja felt the moment she was attracted she saw him she literally like i i just like i want to make love to you that's not a wrong way it's not a physical pleasure we are not talking about a carnal act here it's about the devotion over there it's that love you you just want to offer yourself to the lord that is what it is all about and that is who lord shri krishna is he is a magnet and everybody is attracted to him there is not a single being on this planet earth who cannot get attracted to lord shri krishna let me tell you this much and you know that is why there is to be a lot of and that's another very interesting story i'm not getting into that right now where in golok brindavan you know everybody like there's a gang of radharani and there's a gang of chandravali and everybody used to run after him and he is always there for everyone but everybody thinks he belongs to only them like radharani felt lord shri krishna is mine he can't go around with all the other gopis and that is why she talks to bumblebee saying how can you go from one path to the other and you don't even care about me but see the lord is in universal the most important thing to understand is that the lord is within you every one of us have our own krishna within us there is nothing we have to go outside to attain he is within us we have to reach him within our own self that is the that is what it means there is no there is no krishna outside the whole ras leela is talking about this where you need to become one with your with the you know param brahman the lord shri krishna who is living in your heart so the adhyatmic truth is very different but when we talk this language people think oh we are talking a crass human beings way of looking at life you know somebody is trying to go and own lord shri krishna and make a carnal act no 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 this is very divine it is very profound and to understand this truth you have to evolve on the path of that love and devotion to understand what it means to love the divine what does prema mean what does the dragaluga bhakti means and how do you feel viraha for that lord and with that the lord blessed kubja and finally he visits her and grants her that you know he he redeems her he literally removes her of all her curses and he bestows on her the bhakti that spiritual being that is what the lord does please remember one touch of theirs is magic you turn they turn themselves you into their their divine the divinity who they are that is what they do like like my guruji said one day the parasman he is a parasman but he makes another parasman he is not turning the other other stone into a gold but he makes that into another parasmani that is what the divine lord does so with that we end we hear the chapter 9 and i seek that you continue on the path of bhakti and guru seva which is the ultimate way of attaining your spiritual being so
Although Sripada Srivallam had withdrawn his avatar, yet it is known that he, up, he did appear countless number of times and still continues to do so in his very physical form. To all those who have set their hearts on that holy form and offered the devotion to that form in all sincerity and earnestness. Thus ends the ninth chapter of Sri Guru Charitra describing Rajak Varam Pradhanam. Glory to the all-merciful, the omnipresent and the ever-responsive Guru Nam. Thank you for joining Sri Guru Charitra Parayam. I wish you all a very happy Friday and a weekend ahead. Om Shri Mahaganapate Namaha, Om Shri Gurudev Datta, Om Shri Sachidananda Sadguru Sainath Maharaj Ki Jai, Om Namo Bhagavade Vasudevaya, Digambara Digambara Shripad Vallava Digambara, Om Shri Krishna Guru Nathanathaya Shri Guruve Namaha, Om Devi Durgaya Namaha, Om Shri Krishna Arpanam Namastu, Krishnam Vande Jagat Guru.